Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast about primates and popular culture, where we explore them. <laughs> That's not right. Do we like a like a map? Like they, we explore their bodies with with our fingers running centrally. No, that is not what we do. We explore primates and popular culture from chimpanzee all the way down to chimpanzee. It's just a thing about how we we go through them all. We have a look at them. We don't explore. No, not. Sounds yeah. very cool. This isn't a John Mayer. <laughs> Your body is a wonderland scenario at all. Okay. If that's where you're going. It definitely sounded 100% like our body is a very wonderful, wonderful land. Well, they're not. Yeah. Certainly not. From in. old world ape to new world ape. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're monkeys. They're not apes. The new and old worlds. Okay. Uh, so. Well, that's interesting that you brought that up because I do not believe in apes. Okay. Well, let me introduce you first. This week, our very special guest in the monkey house is comedian and primate and amateur primatologist, Angus Gordon. Welcome thank to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. What? Why do you not believe in apes? You know how some people say that they don't believe humans are descended from apes? Yeah. I don't believe in apes. Oh, you've really? I, I think they're, um, you know, Donkey Kong promotional models that escaped in the 80s. Yeah. And they've been lit, running amok trying to get out of their contracts. Because I'm pretty sure Donkey Kong, we've done episodes about Donkey Kong. He was described by Nintendo as an ape-like creature. So yeah. how can you be ape-like if there's no apes? Well, that was it. There was no ape, so they came up with this ape-like creature they right. imagined, and then to promote it, they they brought out all these. Oh, they had to go backwards that, from there and create work apes. backwards, create apes, so there could be something that is ape-like. So their first thing was to say, oh, "We've come up with this thing. He's ape-like," and people were like, well, "What's an ape?" That's it. People were confused. They didn't understand. They understood Mario. So apes have been around for what? What, 30 years, 40 years? Yeah. Something like that? That, uh, That's what I believe. Wow. Is that true? Well, we're here to explore. Oh, this this is what we're here to talk about. What what is your favourite primate? Well, because I don't believe in apes. That probably narrows it down quite a lot. I wanted to pick human. 
Well, I told you, you can't pick him. You did say that because, and I understand, I understand on your primate, everyone will be trying to trick you and go, well, human is a primate. Yeah, well, Evan Monroe Smith definitely did that. But he's a weirdo. I think he genuinely does like humans more than other primates. I think that is very normal. Any, what? As if you would like any other primate more than human. None oh, of you. Don't get me started. What's your favorite? Favorite? Well, that's hard. I'm on a journey. But at the moment, probably Clubhouse Leader would be the orangutan. Um, there's a few different macaques I quite like. Okay, macaques. Um, or all your friends, everyone on this podcast has been a human so far. Yeah. You've had no other. Yeah, but that's only because, um, you know, the most apes can at best communicate with sign language and that doesn't work well on podcasts. Unless you have an interpreter. That's true. We could get Jane Goodall in. Yeah. If she that's something in... she does. If I'm she's sure alive. She'd, she'd love to get on. Oh, podcast. we should get her on the show. Yeah. No, I don't know why you haven't already con- uh, reached out. I'll, I'm going to reach out. <laughs> yeah. Jane, if you are listening, get in touch. Uh, Primates pod. At gmail.com. You guys can discuss the episode of The Simpsons she was on. She was on an episode of The Simpsons. Isn't there an episode where she's running a diamond wand? Oh, yeah, that's good. I don't think that would have actually been her. Would it? What was it about her, at right, least? Yeah. Hey, Angus. And then obviously after that episode of The Simpsons, people were like, who is Jane Goodall? And then The Simpsons had to go back and, and create, create a, a human woman yeah. named Jane Goodall, which, of course, first had to create women. Yeah, there was none at... Uh, what they did is they um, they took um, a rib from one of the <laughs> Matt Groening, <laughs> really the creator, and they uh, put it in the fertile earth, and yep. then uh, Jane Goodall emerged. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, so my favorite is I've, I have to go back through the fossil record to find what it what it, what it, what does it mean to be human? That's the question you're really asking on this podcast. What does it mean to be human? Is what the is, question I'm what asking? Is a, what is a human? Because if I can't pick human, yeah, I'm trying to get a loop. I'm, I want to still pick human. Oh, so what's my loophole? Okay, like can I say is it all of the Homo genus? They're they're out. Like you can't be a Neanderthal uh, or a Rectus. I have not put any thought into this. When you put in, when you put down rules, Matt, I'm going to say no Erectus. No Erectus. Okay. Well, I've picked Austral. Phytheus sediba. Really? I've not pronounced that correctly at all. What does that mean? It's, um, according to Wikipedia, it is a species of Australophobibus, the genus of early Pliocene, identified based on fossil remains dated about 2 million years ago. They were found in in a cave where they they fell into a cave. They fell into a cave. They look like one of the species, like like a homo emerged out of. So oh, like right. the closest. So it's pre-homo. Pre-homo, but more like a human than an ape. Huh, that's cool. I Look, I'm going to, yeah, okay, I think that probably is the line, pre-homo. Pre-homo. No homo, I'm saying. They, they are absolutely no homo. Okay. So, so Australia, and sounds like, was it found in Australia? Why does it got that name? Do you know anything about it? No. No, you're just doing it to fuck with me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, why is it look, your favorite? Austral means southern. Like like Australia and f- the ape, southern ape. Southern ape. Ah, oh, cool. Wait, hang on. You said ape. Yeah. <laughs> I think I found a, lo- an, a loophole of my own. But like we said, humans are an ape. So then human, we're back. Oh, we're okay. Back We've completed one. the circle. Yeah. This is what you Elton John could... was singing about. Well, he was always, he was talking about wheels, I think. Right. And how it's very important not to have a gap. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, evolutionary wheel. 
Does that mean we're on our way back to the beginning at some point? Yeah, maybe your great grandchildren. My great grandchildren are gonna slink back into the sea. Yeah, they'll they'll they won't have lungs at all. So they're just back into the sea, and then a few more generations, you'll be back to single cell organisms. Right. You know, yeast. Oh, so it's not, it's less of a less of a a wheel and more of a pendulum. So it we swings get... backwards and forwards. Right. Yeah. Okay. But then obviously it loses momentum, and then it sort of. You know, Peter's out somewhere around um, rat. Austral. Oh, rat. <laughs> well, that is fascinating. Still very complex organism, the rat. Yeah. Oh, they're complex, you know. I was reading uh, recently because I'm trying to do a, a small bit about rats in a in a joke I'm, I'm coming up with. One of where, the funniest animals. Yeah, I think so. Immediately funny. That er is a funny sound. And they um, apparently, I'm trying to compare them to humans um, in how we... Um, process things including grief and um, mole rats apparently they drag the deceased into the communal urinal and seal it up and then dig a new urinal it's kind of beautiful i don't think you can have a greater tribute no i don't think so either um so this week angus we are going to be talking about a very often uh, requested topic harambe that is an ape a.k.a. Gorilla, from popular culture. Yeah. He went big in 2016. It was the year of Harambe. Well, I still I hadn't heard of it because I still was denying the existence of apes. Which is interesting because you actually um, requested us to do this topic today. Yeah, well, I, I just learned about it. I've just come out. I've, I've discovered that it wasn't just a human in a, in a costume that was murdered. It was a, a different form of primate. Right. And did that make you feel more or less grief? I think less. When I thought it was um, a promotional model who was shot dead. Yeah. Tough. I've been in the promotional game is hard. You know, you're handing out um, things for Uber. Yeah. One day you're promoting a Donkey Kong release and you're just shot. That made you sad. That made me very sad. But, Someone who's just trying to earn a living. But when you realized it was a, a Western lowland gorilla. I was sad. He was. I was still sad. Okay. Out of the lowlands into a zoo. Well, you're a man who feels sadness. You're very well connected to your, you know. That. I've felt it seven times. Wow. Uh, Twice when I realized the Loch Ness Monster wasn't real. The first time, very sad. Yep. Then I forgot that I thought it was real again. <laughs> and then perhaps the grief was even greater. Wow, the second <laughs> time know? around because you yeah. were also grieving part was, of your memory. Yeah. You lost another monster and also a bit of memory. It's a reverberation. Right. It's like a ripple effect. Right, butterfly wings. Yeah, who knows what's gonna what that's gonna change in the future? Um, Maybe it'll someday create a Loch Ness monster somehow. If you stitched enough butterflies together, yeah, they could create some sort of aquatic beast. Wow, yeah, flapping around. That sounds awful <laughs> for everyone involved, especially the butterflies. Us, I think they like it. So after the death of Harambe in 2016 at the Cincinnati Zoo. Um, there was a huge outpouring of grief from the public. But according to the BBC, what wasn't expected was what came next. Harambe became memified. His image was spread far and wide throughout the internet. Uh, he even became the subject of a song. Wow. As well as many serious and unserious uh, online, online meme campaigns. Do you know how the song goes? Harambe. 
when we hardly knew you. No, I don't know. <laughs> That's a beautiful rendition. Thank you. Um, this is from Wikipedia, if, if you don't know Harambe. Harambe was born at the Gladys Porter Zoo in Brownsville, Texas, on the 27th of May, 1999. Obviously in a pre-9-11 world. Um, he didn't know what was about to come. A pre-Harambe world. That's true. He was bo- Well, was he born into a pre-Harambe world? I think he was born into a... But I think a... he became Harambe on his death. Do you know what I mean? It was a right. pre- the awareness oh, okay, of, yes. in much the same way Jesus had his greatest impact after after, after death. Well, a lot of people do. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh was yeah. another. He was in. A, he lived in a pre-Van Gogh world. Yeah, yeah. If only he knew. Mm. Uh, Harambe was named by Dan Van Coppenol, which is a fantastic name. A local area councillor who won a naming contest sponsored by the zoo. He came up with the name after listening to the song Harambe, Working Together for Freedom by Rita Marley, widow of Bob Marley. Harambe is a Swahili term for communal labor. Hey, Wikipedia. They come up with all the great facts. Does that mean Harambe at the zoo was also like forced to do like odd jobs? Yeah, which is interesting because that doesn't feel like that. That's as a silverback gorilla, you normally used to just, you know, protecting the. The mm. crew. Not doing, like, you know, maintenance. Yeah. But, I mean, in a lot of ways, a wild animal living in captivity is unnatural. So, I mean, once you once you start down that path, let's get, see how unnatural we can make it. You know, they always talk about, um, if like, apes using tools. Do you know what I mean? Like a chimpanzee maybe using a stick to get, like, ants. Yep. Or, they, yeah, the rocks Let, to open nuts. Let's see if they can use a hammer. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Circular saw. Let's yeah. say power tools. Power tools, yeah. of course. Or drills. Yeah. Changing the different bits. I'm not saying let's not put hard hats and other safety workwear. No, no, safety first. Fluoro vests. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But once they've done an apprenticeship, unsupervised. Yeah. I think even more than normal, um, it would be important for a gorilla with a power drill to be wearing a fluoro vest because you want to see them coming. Yes. No, but you also want not just to let people know where they are for safety, yeah. But for the spectacle of it. <laughs> That's true too. Especially at the zoo. I mean, in the end, it's all for our entertainment, right? So let's put on a show. <laughs> yeah. I think fluoro vest, but maybe velvet pants. Velvet pants and a uh, mirror ball. And a little hat. <laughs> mirror ball, little hat, some sort of light chase sequence. I think maybe the costumes of all the village people on consecutive days. Yeah. Not just, like, don't wind stop at the construction worker. That's what, true. Yes, cop. Uh, what else you got? Uh, cowboys, cowboy. Cowboy. Uh, Leatherman. And is it the Native American? Uh, Native American. Uh, although that's a bit different because I think the... Uh, is that cultural appropriation well, of a gorilla? What? That might be. But in the band, the I, I'm pretty sure the guy who wears that in the band is Native American. Yeah, but for the gorilla, is it? Well, the gorilla isn't. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No. So that would be no good. No, you can't do that one. I'd be pretty sure that you can't do that one, yes. Okay. I would err on the side of safety. Yeah, always. Always. Safety first. <laughs> um, obviously, this is a soy boy safe place. Oh, yeah. No, no. Um, I Matt force-fed me tofu <laughs> on the way in like a seagull. Yeah. I opened up my pores this morning and a lot of toxic masculinity leaked out, so I'm glad I got a bit of tofu. In yeah, there. that'll neutralize it nicely. Yeah, rub it, rub it into your pores. Rub it into your pores. Yeah, you can apply it topically. That's what a lot of people don't know that about tofu. 
it's not just edible. You can you can rub that on your skin. Works as a beautiful uh, exfoliator. Would you use a firm tofu to exfoliate or like a soft? A soft tofu is more of a moisturizer. Yeah, soft tofu. That's not going to exfoliate. No. Come on, mate. Are you using a silken tofu? Look, I'm 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 sorry. Yeah. I've I'm out of line. Yeah, you are. It's that anger. It's rising up. I've, I've I maybe some... I'd consider a tempeh for potentially for an exfoliator. Yeah. Maybe like um a peanut glaze on oh, your yeah. tofu. Yeah, yeah. That's really gonna. <laughs> that's nice. Ahead. Obviously, double check your peanut allergies first. Um, Obviously, so, sorry. That's that goes without saying. Uh, if you're listening out there, don't rub peanuts on your skin. Look, I'd make if the... you have a peanut allergy, just because Angus said to. I mean, you will have very clear skin before it's immediately inflamed. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so on September the 18th, 2014, Harambe was transferred to the Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Garden to learn adult gorilla behavior and join a new social group. Oh, man. So it was... Shipped off to boarding school. But yeah, it sounds like it was all it was all pretty positive there. Um, and then this is from Wikipedia. On May the 28th, 2016, that fateful day, so not even two years later after moving in, a three-year-old boy visiting the Cincinnati Zoo fell into the moat at the Gorilla World Habitat. Witnesses said they heard the child say he wanted to go into the gorilla enclosure. So apparently he, there was motive. The child is true to his word. Yeah. So I, I don't know why people didn't say stop and go, hey, I don't do that. Although I also, if a boy said that to me, I would have said, sure thing, boy. It's an enclosure. You can't get in there. I'm assuming that there's somehow... No way for a small toddler to get in to this gorilla cage. Yeah, enclosure. You, you do have to wonder if it in, if a boy can get in, can a gorilla get out? Very good question. That's a big question to pose, and I would have to assume that yes, they're really just there from their own volition. Do you know? Yeah, they're just like yeah, we're chilling. We're chilling. We're happy to be here. We're learning. We're here to learn about adult gorilla behavior and uh, socialize. I've heard the Cincinnati Zoo has one of the best um, adult gorilla behavior programs. Really? You, know, you can apply at different zoos if, when you're a young gorilla, but that's one of the, the best ones best to go ones to. Best ones to go to. So he he was very promising. So so the boy's now fallen in. He fell into the moat. To get in there, he had to climb a three-foot-tall fence, uh, then crawl a meter or so through bushes. The other side of those bushes was a five-meter drop. Which he dropped. He dropped down into a moat of shallow water. He's like he's doing a tough mud at an obstacle course. Does feel a bit like that, um, but but unknowingly, unwittingly. He hadn't trained for. He hadn't trained, but he was. He seems like he didn't need to. He was smashing the course. That's true, and I can't like that's a big drop, five meters. It's a double story house, yeah. almost. So fine, it could be, and he was yeah fine. Um, Apparently, then the zoo officials signaled for the three gorillas to return inside, which feels fair enough. The Of the three, the two females did so. The third gorilla, though, was the 440-pound male silverback Harambe. He did not. He climbed down to the moat to investigate because he heard a child splashing around in water. So I love this kid. It feels like a cartoon kid who's just having like a, a torrid time. You know, probably in some sort of Looney Tunes cartoon or something. He's being flung around by different animals, but just blissfully unaware. So he's splashing around, and all of a sudden, Harambe comes over. So normally, the animals are well trained to come to follow the instructions, but in in times of sort of high stress or 
things going wrong or whatever, then they're a little less likely to follow those orders, which seems like probably the most likely time that they'd need to follow the it orders. It does seem that's why you do the training. Yeah. It's, for the str- it's, it's but, not for the everyday. No. It's, it's for the stressful. It's this for, is not a drill. I know you're doing your woodworking project. <laughs> yeah. And I know you don't like to be interrupted. That's right. But this is not a drill. This is not a drill. And that is it's a circular saw, Harambe. We've been through this. And you know, you know what they say? Children, when they come into any work site, very dangerous. Yeah. So exactly. I understand why Harambe, he wants to investigate what's yeah. going on. He's like, hey, what? Because he, he's probably the safety officer. It's like, he's, he's he the, is site the safety foreman. You haven't been accredited to be on site. Yeah. You don't have a blue card. Where's your, your blue card? Where's your red card? You have any cards at all? You fall into the moat. First of all, that's not on. You're going to bring water into the clean. So yeah. You're going to be slob. Someone's going to have to go mop that up now. Yeah. I'm going to have to go get a yellow cone. This is not good. Boy, people, what's your name? People are coming in Where's here. Where's your ID? With lumber. We're gonna they could slip and easily hurt themselves. Yeah. So he was obviously, yeah, he was he was not happy about that, Harambe. He was investigating. ABC.net.au then reported uh, that eyewitness Kimberly Perkins O'Connor said she heard the three year old boy joking around before going in, saying he wanted... So this is another So witness. he was riffing. He was riffing was now. was riffing about... Not just saying, I want to go in. He no, was no, going... No. <laughs> but that's... <laughs> <laughs> He's about joking it. about it. Hey, mum. Hey, guys. What do you reckon if I head on in here? <laughs> nah, just kidding. You're all right. So that's that's probably why the other witnesses, they didn't do anything because they're like, he's just it's just a joke. He's mucking about. This three-year-old child, he understands irony and yeah. humour and he's using that to sort of hint that maybe... Hey, maybe, you know, fancy myself a bit of a George of the Jungle. Nah, <laughs> nah, just get out of obviously it. not really. I'm not really. Uh, or, or am uh, I? Nah, I'm not. Nah, look Good at me. You. I'm a little monkey. Nah, I'm just a little human boy. Nah, human boy. Don't even believe in apes. Can't, you know what my favorite book is? Jungle Book. Nah, can't read three. <laughs> I'm only three. I don't understand any of the things I'm saying. Just riffing, just riffing, chasing down that riff. Uh, she said the mother was briefly distracted by uh, her other children. And that well, was when he crawled under. So he, do you think it's like a, he corroborated with the other children? Like he planned a distraction. Right. They made some sort of a decoy. And then he, he headed for the enclosure. I wonder, what do you think they would have done? Maybe some sort of impromptu play? I think or a ham, Hamlet. Hamlet. You can't look away during Improvised the Improvised Hamlet? Yeah, improv, of course. Improvised Hamlet. Hamlet. All right. I need a modern occupation and setting. Um, zookeeper, Cincinnati Zoo. All right, great. Here's Hamlet at the zoo. Wherefore art thou? Hamlet, look uh, at Muscal go. <laughs> All right. Is that what he says? I think so. I think, so. I think that's in, um, I've only read the spark notes, but he did say, wherefore art thou? And then the, it said, uh, panicked. Yeah. <laughs> Hamlet. <laughs> uh, she said, all of a sudden you heard a splash. So this is now, I'm, I'm taking you into the, Enclosure. Now I'm, t- I'm bringing you out for the outside perspective. I All of a sudden, like, you heard a splash. I feel like I'm in a radio play. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone listening knows this isn't real, and no one's panicking and and uh, catching a train to Ohio to no. get in a bomb shelter. We, like, do, we don't want a, like a War of the Worlds style. That's scenario. the kind of scenario yeah. I was going for. I I would say definitely that is happening right now. Yep. Um, you should. But at the moment, we're talking about it. We're playing the fiddle while Rome burns. Yeah. We're just having a fiddle. Uh, so all of a sudden, you heard a splash, and an older gentleman started yelling, there's a child in there, there's a child. And everyone started screaming, she said. The larger gorilla was attracted to the screaming 
and he just came barreling to the edge of the moat and then realized what's going on. Donkey Kong style, barreling. Yeah, a lot of barreling. Yeah. So he, that's See, him. That's what, there's a, right. you say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I, tell me, a gorilla barreling? Okay. I assume that means um, picking up a barrel and running Toward, with a barrel ab- above your head. Well, that's how they in, uh, instinctively react whenever they see a human. Right. Do you know what I mean? A small, like a Mario, a small child res- sort of resembles, come over with a barrel. Yeah. The barrel. She might have, maybe uh, Harambe was thinking, oh, is this one of those crocodile bad guys who walks on on his hind legs for some yeah, reason? a bipedal crocodile. Yeah, maybe. But he got there and then was confused. That's why he started... Uh, at first, it seemed like he was helping him, according to Connor Perkins. Oh, Connor yep. Perkins. He dragged the... Inducting him into the works. Oh, right. That's probably what it was. It's an induction. At first, checking if he had his papers, he did, and he's like, all right, well, we've got some work to do. Um, yeah, can you sign here, here, and here? Look, you're late, but you're here now, so let's get started. Let's get started. Hey, we're not we're not looking into pointing fingers here, um, but yeah, let's get you up to speed. He dragged the little child further down into the moat and he almost looked like he was helping him. Pulled up his pants, stood him up. Checked to see if he had steel caps. Yep. And then all of a sudden, everyone started screaming again and he pulled him completely out. So every time the crowd screamed, it sounds like that agitated Harambe more. Yeah. Because he's like, it was, you know, it would have been stressful. Um, Well, he's performing. Do you know what I mean? Normally he's just working away. Right. Un, like I said, unsupervised. He's a skilled tradesman. Yeah, that's right. This isn't a spectator sport. Come and see the finished product. Like, obviously, come to my workshop. Let's look at the tables that I've made. Yeah. But look, I need a bit of peace and quiet yeah, when, well, when I'm, I'm working. Getting, yeah. I'm, I'm an artist. You know, I, I make artisan tables. That's right. So, yeah, come to the b- showroom. Be wax finish. Uh, I saw him again later once he was on top of the habitat, dragging the boy, pulling him underneath him. It was not a good scene, she said. He at one point, well, I mean, now she's she's sort of back. She's seen her kids, or well, she's seen these kids do a play, and she's like, that's good. We know, I know acting. I know, I know a good scene when I see one. And then yeah. she turns around, and all of a sudden, she's having to go at Harambe's acting. He's just a promotional model who has moved into woodwork. Yeah. Obviously, the acting didn't work out. He's trying to improvise. A scene, and apparently it's not good. Anyway, it's not a good scene. Uh, he at one point had him between his legs and was hovering over him and wasn't budging. Once he pulled him out of the moat and on top of the habitat where it was all cement, he was being very aggressive. The boy did try to separate himself, and he tried, uh, and he pulled the boy back in, tucked him underneath, and really wasn't going to let him get away. He literally picked up the boy by his calf and dragged him towards another cave to basically get him out of the view of the crowd that hadn't yet dispersed. I imagine the crowd wouldn't have dispersed yet. You know, you, you watch a bit and you're like, I've seen enough. I want to see the, the Tigers before the end of the day. Yeah, let's see if there's any kids in the Tigers thing. Yeah. That's going to be a show. I want to see if there's any uh, kids in the Eagle enclosure. You know what I mean? I'm sick of this boy, gorilla, yeah. tired. It's a, it's a tired trope. Let's been, see what else is going it's on. Been done. I saw it at the New York Zoo. Yeah, I don't need to see that some sort of regional zoo. Dude. I'm not, no, thank you. Yeah, I well, Cincinnati is a pretty big city. They're in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. So if anyone is listening, that football. is the worst place you could go. If you're panicking about this incident, do not go to Ohio. You'll only make things worse. Yeah. 
Um, apart from the fact that this happened two and a half years ago. So don't do not time travel back to 2016. Thanks. Um, so this guy Bruce Davis saw, uh, saw the gorilla throw the child. Um, I should say, if anyone doesn't know much about this story, the kid's fine. The kid is fine afterwards, and yeah. I believe to this day is still fine. How often do you think he riffs about getting into enclosures now? Uh, I reckon he's probably gigging on this quite a bit. He dines out on it. Yeah. I mean, I would feel like it's a it's a big win as a performer, but I think eventually you're going to be typecast as the... You're trapped in this story. You're the yeah. I didn't do it boy. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're on Conan, but everyone just wants to hear your I got Harambe shot story. Exactly. <laughs> um, so... Apparently, Bruce Davis reckons that Harambe threw him 10 feet in the air and he landed on his back. That feels... This boy is indestructible. He's fallen five metres. Yeah. And a gorilla threw him 10... That can't be right. You know what? I once watched a dad throw their child, I reckon, two or three metres in the air, like a long, nearly 10 foot. That is high. Very high and kept catching them. Yeah, is this in the? This would be in the be- at the beach, not on the streets. What? Yeah, just on the corner. Oh. That <laughs> make my stomach feel funny. And I just thought, what a loving relationship. Good on you. What are the trust? They were just probably doing a trust exercise. If you know, do if, you if trust they- me? Throw him in the air, and the kid goes, "No." no. Well, we're gonna keep going until you do. The kid was loving it. Right. The world doesn't understand consequences yet. Yeah, I mean you'd. Yeah, if you were, if that kid wasn't loving it, that would be that'd be yeah. quite a scene. Kid is having fun. It was incredibly high. <sighs> a beast of a dad. In a lot of ways, silverback gorillas—they're just another dad trying to make the best of of the situation. But maybe it's just butterfingers. He threw him up in the air. He's tried to catch him. Yeah, it hasn't worked out. Um, the kid's fine. It really does seem like this kid is can't can't be um, hurt. The ABC News reported from there that at 3:56 p.m., a call asked for medical response to service to a service gate at the zoo. How? What? What time did the child fall into the pen enclosure? Uh, let me double check that. 3:52. So pretty quickly. Four minutes. It's a pretty quick turnaround. It's still quite a long. Oh well, no, no, that was when it was first reported. So. It could have been just before that, but yeah, it was all pretty quick, but still four minutes is a long time. Not instantaneous. No, you let's see how this plays out first I before think, we call. Well, I think they definitely yeah before they wanted to use lethal force, they definitely were trying to they were, were sussing out a little bit. Uh, then at four p.m., a call came into the police and reported that units were responding. When fire department personnel arrived at the enclosure, they witnessed a gorilla who was violently dragging and throwing the child. There was a report to police about trying to tranquilize the gorilla to get the child, and at 4.01 was the much-awaited call reporting the child was safe, rescued, and being transported. A Cincinnati zoo employee shot the gorilla with a rifle when the child was in between his legs. The zoo employees then unlocked the gate and firefighters quickly retrieved the child, the fire department reported. The boy was hospitalised and later released. I imagine that a kid, knowing that he's got quite a pretty decent vocab and stuff from his Shakespeare days and stuff, he, he would have been sitting in between Harambe's legs saying, take the shot. Yeah. Take the shot. He's, he's calling out. For yeah. It. Yeah. This is according... He, to be. his chosen life. To yeah. be. <laughs> Do you think he's going to... No, that's in poor, poor taste, but... What he use in his next production of Hamlet? 
Yeah. Harambe's skull as Auric. I, I don't know. Or is that it? You know. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, I think that would be in bad taste if Harambe had said, uh, maybe he did because they spent a few minutes together, maybe Harambe said. They'd, they'd done a scene together. Yeah. It obviously was a bad scene. It didn't work out, but they they were both players on the stage. That's true. Uh, so this is the director of the zoo, uh, Mr. Maynard. When it was determined that the child was being injured, not potentially injured, but was being injured both down in the moat and up on the ground, we had to make a decision to shoot him, and we did. We stand by our decision, and we'd make the same call today. I think that makes sense. But to me, it's like, surely you just build a proper fucking fence. Yeah. But I guess they also thought you, you can't accidentally climb, fall into this. It's a high enough fence that if you fall in, you're in quite a few meters of bushes. You'll get up and get back out again. The gorilla can't get over the get five over meter the wall. five meter wall. So it's someone has to want to get in, but unfortunately, they didn't consider that a kid who didn't know better might do that. Yeah. Um. So according to the BBC, after the death, there was a spontaneous and very real outpouring of shock and grief over the killing. This is a. Uh, uh, one man, uh, Frank Paris, he said, had I been there, I would have gone into the enclosure myself. That day was a very sad day for me. I absolutely would have risked my own life to save the boy. That's how sure I am that the boy was fine and that Harambe had no intention of hurting anybody. There's no indication that he has any credentials to make that call. No, but it does sound like he has a very sad life. The BBC went on to say, of course, that's just one reaction from someone thousands of miles away, whereas zoo officials say they were right to take action to stop any potential serious injury to the boy. But Paris was not alone in his grief and anger. Aside from his canonisation on social media, uh, there were candlelit vigils for Harambe. Uh, There were also campaigns targeted at the boy's parents I was talking about. Some online called them to be prosecuted for negligence. And they were investigated by the police and uh, the boy's mother was cleared of any wrongdoing. That would definitely be the best case scenario is if the parents are prosecuted and the child's taken away from the parents. Yeah. That's, then Harambe didn't die in vain. Honestly, I think as a mob, the internet should probably just take over the parenting of all children. I think collective parenting by the users of Reddit yeah. is... The best model going forward. Well, I'd like to bring maybe. Can we get a co-parenting situation with Twitter? Yeah, as sure. well. Yeah, like and maybe Reddit um, weekdays. No, Re- I think Reddit's more of a weekend parent. And you think Twitter, Twitter Monday to Friday? And the decisions taken for the child are obviously ones that get the most retweets. Yeah, and favorites. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, each morning uh, the kid um, will go to the computer and, and just see what the results are. Just Put up a poll, what should I have for breakfast? Yeah, check the notifications. No breakfast some mornings. That's what yeah. the Twitter community decided. Yeah, he's getting trolled today. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. Sometimes your parents will troll you. You know, you're going to have a name like Bodie McBoatface. That's your name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think this is a good model. And I don't think just for 
this boy, but I think all I think all boys, all boys, <laughs> maybe even girls. Some girls, too. some girls too. It's hard to know where to draw the line. Um, this is uh, the, this article uh, goes on to say uh, that the wave of emotion was in turn hijacked by comedians, pranksters, and trolls who mocked those who were t- making so much of the story. So it was like some people were saying, well, this guy in particular, Brandon Wardle, uh, he said, people online kind of get o- off on being mad about things that they don't actually care about. You didn't know Harambe. Your life wasn't really affected by this. I think that's a bit rough. Like, I think people can be sad that a gorilla had to be killed. Yeah. Right? I kind of get his point. So this other guy, um, Romano, who wrote, wrote for Vox, said, if you're really tired of seeing media hysteria dominate news cycles and dominate conversations, the sheer absurdity of Harambe as a social issue was a really easy thing to mock. I think it spoke to a level of outrage fatigue. If you're seeing people freaking out about a dead gorilla over, say, thousands of people dying in the Syrian refugee crisis, then what do you do with that anger? I think it's great that when comedians and trolls hijack um, emotion, that's the, that's the modern-day piracy. You can't hijacking boats, 19th, 20th century, sure. Yes. Get hijacking emotion on the internet, redirecting it. That's the future. That's the future. Yeah. That's modern parenting. You used to be rewarded by taking over a, a ship or vessel by like a big cache of, of gold and treasures. What's the modern treasure? Likes. Likes. <laughs> Likes and retweets. <laughs> oh, look at hey, You don't even have to bury them. Right. Proudly display your likes and retweets like a lord with gold chains. <laughs> Just all these likes stitched into your forehead. Um, so what Brandon Wardle did, uh, who's a comedian, he, he did this basically. He, he was the one who started Dicks Out for Harambe. Uh, he said he was probably drunk when he tweeted it and it just got out of control. Um, this is from knowyourmeme.com uh, talking about the Dicks Out for Harambe. It says, on the 2nd of July 2016, Twitter user Sexual Jumanji posted a selfie photograph in which he's shown pointing a replica firearm at the camera with, along with a caption, dicks out to avenge Harambe. Uh, and then on July 4th, uh, Brendan Wardle tweeted the phrase, dicks out for Harambe. So it feels like, I mean, yeah, that BBC article is attributing to Brandon Wardle, but it really seems like uh, he was beaten to it by sexual Jumanji. If anyone's going to know about uh, apes, it's going to be someone who's trapped in a Jumanji landscape. Yeah. But feels very sexual. Yeah. I mean that that is the in a lot of ways the life of a silverback gorilla. Do you do you think it's an appropriate tribute though to get your dick out for Harambe? Um I mean, isn't the, the gorilla penis is quite a bit smaller than human Right. The human penis. Is it like mocking? Oh, do you see it that way? Is it like, you know, you guys are you're such a such a big animal, very small penis. Yeah, but I think you know in some ways, isn't it? You know the gorillas have always said it's it's not the not about the size. But you, I mean, I know you think that's just them being defensive. But are you saying it is an issue? Because well, we've decided that as a species, that size was no good for us. Right? Maybe good enough for them. For yeah. A gorilla. Sure. But for then for to uh, to brandish our dicks out. So say is that a fitting tri- tribute. Maybe I feel like circular saws out for Harambe. Oh, okay, that's like, nice. Hammers like out. Hammers yeah. out. Drills out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe just, yeah, work belts out. This is out. not a drill out for Harambe. Yeah. So 
So does does that mean um, if you died and the elephant community um, pulled their dicks out in tribute to you, you'd be offended by that? I, I don't. I wouldn't. Are they, are they mocking me, or they saying I don't, well, my I don't so. dick was similar to their elephant dicks? Yeah, I guess so. Or I don't. I mean, who's to know? We the, we can't communicate with elephants, so if only we could. If only we could, we'd get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Um. But but I mean, isn't that basically what's happening here? Humans are pulling their dicks out. I don't think anyone's going. Oh, hey, look at my dick. I am gorilla. Oh, that's what you were <laughs> doing. Okay. Well, now I'm confused. It's hard. <laughs> That's the problem with these things. There'll be so many different factions so many coming out of it. Yeah. Of, there's an ambiguity in jokes, which is you know important for comedy, but allows for things maybe you didn't anticipate to occur. Anyway, so the um, the Wardle tweet uh, led him to be be branded by Rolling Stone magazine as the voice of a generation. Dicks out for Harambe. It's something I've wanted to say for a long time, but I've never been able to articulate. I know me and my peers are often, we had this, you know, vague, undefined feeling of how it's always been burning inside me and then dicks out for Harambe. Dicks out for Harambe. It gave me a voice. It's a, there's something really beautiful about it. I saw one where it had, you know, the famous photo of Muhammad Ali uh, doing like a left hook above his opponent. Yeah. Standing above a knockout That's such a good photo. And then... On the ground is dead Harambe, as if to imply Muhammad Ali had knocked out Harambe. Yeah, which and is were, and now are both dead. What's yeah? What's the you know? What do you think? What do you take from that? Would you have authorized Muhammad Ali to have gone into the cage and knocked him out to knock out Harambe instead of using lethal force? Yeah, I think so. I think so. If you, I mean that that's better than a tranquilizer dart. Get the old all time greatest boxer. But you know, he's quite old at the time, right? As well, well oh, he still have been able to. I think he might have even devastating. been devastating. De- might have even been, been dead. dead at the time, so that makes it Would harder. Would you have authorized the ghost of Muhammad oh, Ali? Oh yeah, unstoppable. Yeah, for sure, he's the greatest. Um, apparently, the Cincinnati Zoo director's Twitter was hacked, according to Know Your Meme. Um, a hacker by the Twitter handle Prom took control of the Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Garden director Thane Maynard's Twitter account, vandalizing his feed with several Harambe-related hashtags and jokes. Uh, things like Peekaboo, Cincinnati Zoo. He did a dicks out for Harambe. Uh, he, once he was in, I don't know if he used it all the uh, best. you got to write out what you're going to put before yeah. you do the hacking. Uh, hashtag animal rights, hashtag justice for Harambe. Yeah. It, it is interesting where these memes do play... Um... A game of sincerity and complete disregard for animal welfare. On one hand, they are seemingly a, a genuine outpour, and on another, at the same time, just completely mocking the idea of having any true yeah, beliefs. It's, it's it goes from one to the other. It is like all these things go on that wave, right? There's always whatever it is. The online mass goes from loving something to pushing back against that and then pushing back against the pushback. Sort of the dialectical movement of like uh, hypothesis and then, you know, antithesis and then this sort of synthesis where that tweets, that hack seems to be on both hands mocking and truly upset about Harambe in the same tweet. It's really confusing. Yeah. So yeah, he's done He's done a justice for Harambe, a dicks out for Harambe, uh, and he's done one that's uh, Harambe one, Cincinnati Zoo none. Like it's a it's a contest there. I'm not sure what the game is. The amount I, of times you've died or or hacked 
for Twitter. Hack the Twitter. Maybe he's saying he's Harambe. Or maybe it's a win for Harambe. Right. Okay. That's a bold call, I'd say. Um, yeah, since... Harambe was an active Twitter user. so that's Yeah, that's true. Obviously, when tools put tools down and on his lunch break, Smoko, he didn't smoke. It was smoke. always on his phone. You he know tweeted. I mean? Yeah, tweeting was his vice, he always said. Yeah. Uh, he's, um, he's addicted to retweets. Yeah. You know, he's always checking to see if he's yeah, that, getting that little bit of buzz. serotonin or whatever yeah. it is. Well, I heard that you had an episode recently where you, these apes, they could take selfies. Uh, monkeys, so, please, Angus. Monkeys, or macaques. Macaques, sorry. I'm, I'm very new to the monkey world. Right. Very new yeah. to even accept it. Part of me fights back against it. Wait, was it even monkeys you didn't believe in? Because you said you didn't believe in apes. Or all, all non-human spectrum. primates. Yeah, all non-human primates. Wow. Didn't Bloody hell. I've only just turned around. Huh. Well, there you go. Um, so the Cincinnati Zoo released a statement. It's a brave new world monkey. <laughs> On August the 22nd, the Associated Press published an article titled Harambe Lives. Killed Zoo Gorilla Gets a Second Life Online, which included a statement from Maynard denouncing Harambe-themed internet memes. Well, if anyone knows how uh, the internet works, definitely telling people that their memes are disrespectful, that all put a stop to it. Yeah. This is what he said. We are not amused by the memes, petitions and <laughs> signs about Harambe. <laughs> Our zoo family is still healing, and the constant mention of Harambe makes moving forward more difficult for us. We are honouring Harambe by redoubling our gorilla conservation efforts and encouraging others to do so. So obviously that's a very nice, sincere message, but that's, I mean, that was what kicked off all the memes in the first place was the sincere emotions. Yeah. So it's sort of, I I like you feel for him, and then you're like, oh, man, someone should have told you that that this was not going to stop it. But it's like, you know, when you, you're the principal's telling the school to be serious and stop laughing, nothing is funnier than an authority figure trying to suppress humour. Yeah. It's it just going to, it's just adding fuel to the flames. Right. Uh, this is still on the Know Your Meme article. That day, The Independent published an article about Maynard's statement. In the comments section of The Independent article, many users referenced the Dicks Out for Humbay slogan. So they're just like... You know, this sincere article and it's just like kicks off more dicks out for Harambe stuff. Oh, you don't want us to say dicks out for Harambe. Um, did you know about the Harambe Cheeto? I have not heard about the Harambe well, Cheeto. you're missing out. Because on Feb the 6th, 2017, eBay seller Value Stamp Sync posted a bidding for a Cheeto that supposedly, and I'm, I'm going to take out the supposedly here, that definitely resembled Harambe. The bidding started at $11.99. In the course of one day, the bidding rose to extremely high levels, almost certainly due to trolling. And eventually the Cheeto was sold for $99,900 the morning of February the 7th. Does that Cheeto, in your opinion, look like Harambe or just any gorilla? No, no, that's that's Harambe That's Harambe, particular. you can yeah. tell. Well, he does have a power drill in his hands. So yeah, that's... that's what I thought was the main giveaway. And was that a real, like, purchase? Like, it wasn't a joke, $99,000? That was actually someone it's actually a, spent that. Money. I I don't know that for sure, but it, it reads like it was real. But sure, who's got that money to spend on something like that? Who ha, who has internet? Me- like you can throw away ninety nine thousand dollars on a memes. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think because that does happen occasionally. People sell you know that piece of toast look like Jesus, all these things, and occasionally they take off. And if the media get behind them, then they actually can sell because they have become 
an important moment somehow yeah. in like the zeitgeist or whatever. So they're a cultural artifact because people paid attention to it. Yeah. So I think people have a swing at that all the time. Like, oh, let's see. Got an M&M here that looks like uh, Larry Bird. And then. Great. <laughs> Did you know that uh, the United States presidential election in 2016, a lot of a lot of Twitter users posted photos of their ballots showing uh, that they voted for Harambe. I'm saying things without reading them first, and they go, that's real boring. I'll edit that out. You just read some more fake news. Fuck. Did you have anything else about the memes you wanted to talk about? No. I think, well, I think my favorite comedian is Stuart Lee. Um, I was. Have you said, have you been on the record about that before? No, I've never. I'm, I've kept it hidden for years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was thinking about memes and how they work and what's good about them. And, you know, it's very easy to be dismissive of memes, yeah. meme culture. But um, in many ways, these memes are better than Stuart Lee jokes. Right. Because they're just repeated more times. And that <laughs> he, is the funny thing about Stuart Lee is endless repetition. He does he does use repetition well. And the Harambe meme is essentially a Stuart Lee joke, but industrialized. It's just the factory for rep- repeating the meme and the joke over and over again. And I sent that to my friend Jack Druce. Has he been on this podcast? He has not been on this podcast. The comedian Jack Druce. And he, he sent, replied saying that that... Um, was like a, a sort of funny joke that Stuart Lee c- could have written about social media if he hadn't stopped writing after he noticed that people are on their phones sometimes. Because in his later show, Content Provider, he is not, Stuart Lee is not happy with memes and people being on their phone. He is grumpy about it. Uh, but that's, well, I mean, people, the the, sh- the Italian shoemakers were unhappy, the Luddites, right. when they were replaced. And now the great Stuart Lee is replaced by memes. By memes. And their ability to be replicated constantly. That's how we know we're still on the upward swing of the pendulum. We haven't reached the peak yet. No. What's up? What's after memes? Yeah. Ugh. I think we're getting close now with memes to reaching the pinnacle. And before we have to start coming, then we'll be back to Australia. Back to Australia. Yeah. You play the pendulum twice: once on the way up and once on the way down. (laughs) And it's good to be back. (laughs) Um. So I, this is kind of the thing I wanted to maybe finish with. It's talking about uh, a former zookeeper named Amanda O'Donoghue. She's talked about um, about a lot of the outrage with um, how the zoo handled what happened afterwards, right? She wanted to talk about it from a, a zoo person's perspective, saying an adult male silverback gorilla has one job, and that is to p- protect the group. He wasn't like when an intruder comes in, He's not going, oh, let's see what this kid's like. Maybe we'll bring him in. You know, I want to look after him. That's got, there's, none of his instincts would be saying that, right? Saying even though that uh, gorillas are considered gentle giants, uh, she says, uh, at least when compared to their more aggressive cousins, the chimpanzees. I mean, why are you taking a swing at the chimpanzees here? Don't bring them into it. If you're going to defend the gorillas, sure. But yeah. don't, on the follow through, don't bloody knock out. The chimps. A little jab at the chimps there. She's got unfinished business with chimps. Yeah, I think obviously. so. Um, apparently, uh, uh, an adult gorilla has roughly 10 times the strength of an adult human. I, w- I wouldn't have been surprised by more than that. Or you less. could have said any number. Yeah. And I would have been like, that sounds true. Well, what do you What do you bench? Um, I bench one harambe. As one English. harambe. So, well, harambe could bench 10 harambes 10 harambe. by that logic. Also, there is a huge spectrum of how weak and strong an adult human can be. Yeah, Like that's at right. the weekend, there's people like us who don't bench. 
and the strong. You don't even bench. People who bench. Mate, um, I bench. I benched yesterday. How much did you? How don't ask. You... I mean, don't ask me personal <laughs> questions. <laughs> like you literally, she just asked how much I benched. Well, that, no, that's what she she asked. I just put it to you. She's in this did, quote. She in says, the quote, how "What much can do you, you bench? bench press?" Yeah. Oh, she says that. Yeah. But you did say it to me in a way that you I asked me to answer. Yeah, sure. And then you became quite defensive as soon as I asked. Well, it's good. Cool. I mean, I asked you because you, you're a beefcake. Anyway, she says, um, an adult male silverback gorilla has one job, to protect his group. He does this by bluffing or intimidating anything that he feels threatened by. And you can't bluff a three-year-old. No. This three-year-old just calls bluffs. Yeah. But, you know, he saw a fence. He was like, that's a bluff. That's He's not like, really oh, i got to take it up a notch. Yeah. i got to take it up a notch. i got to... But he was like, not just threatened by the boy, but also by the crowd who was making a lot of unusual noise. amounts of noise. She said, I've watched this video over and over again, and with the silverbacks posturing and tight lips, it's pretty much the stuff of any keeper's nightmares. Um, I keep hearing that the gorilla was trying to protect the boy. I do not find this to be true. Harambe reaches for the boy's hands and arms, but only to position the child better for his own displaying purposes. Males do very elaborate displays when highly agitated, slamming and dragging things about. Typically, they would drag large branches, barrels, and heavy-weighted balls. Barrels, barrels again. <laughs> also, heavy-weighted balls. Heavy-weighted balls, yeah. This has got to be talking about zoos, not in the <laughs> wild. Where are they getting these, like, uh, gym balls from? Yeah, medicine balls. Um, They're doing burpees? Yeah, they must be. Uh, but the idea is to make as much noise as possible. So this is just as a display to scare people off, right? Uh, not Normally not in an effort to hurt anything, just to intimidate. It was clear to me that he was reacting to the screams coming from the gathering crowd. They didn't use tranquilizers for a few reasons. A, Harambe would have taken too long to become immobilized and could have really injured the child in the process as the drugs used may not work quickly enough depending on the stress of the situation and the dose. And B... Harambe would have been uh, would have drowned in the moat if immobilized in the water and possibly fallen on the boy, trapping him and drowning him as well. So obviously it just wasn't a. People said, "Why didn't they do it?" It's like that's a pretty good reason. Yeah. And and all of that talking is assuming that these people who've decided to work with animals as their life's work somehow took went. Yeah, I'll well, we'll just shoot this yeah, endangered been, gorilla. We've been waiting for the day. Yeah. Not going. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I want to. I'm, you know, going to think about this the rest of my life. They probably were like good friends, really. Yeah, it's it sucks, but and it's yeah. also easy to make decisions and calls when you have the luxury of being thousands of miles away, watching it on a computer screen, yeah. not feeling the pressure of the situation. Totally. She goes on to say, "This is a final paragraph. I can't point fingers at anyone in this situation, but we need to really evaluate the safety of the animal enclosures from the visitor side." I know one thing is for sure, those keepers lost a beautiful, and I mean gorgeous, silverback and friend. I feel their loss with them this week. As educators and conservationists of endangered species, all we can do is shine a light on the beauty and majesty of those animals. Conservatives. Yeah, they're politically conservative. As zookeepers and um, people who lean politically right. (laughs) Uh, We'll just shine a light on the majesty of these animals in the hopes to spark a love and a need to keep them from vanishing from our planet. Child killers, they are not. It's unfortunate for the conservation of the species and the loss of revenue uh, a beautiful zoo such as Cincinnati will lose. A loss of revenue? Jeez, you made it 
She made it a bit it. gross in the end. Well, she said <laughs> she was a conservative. She did say that. She need you need to generate revenue in order to provide it's, a financial incentive to keep the species going. What's the bottom line? Uh, this is from Wikipedia again. In September 2017, the zoo added Mashindi, a 29-year-old male Western Lowland gorilla, transferred from the Louisville or Louisville Zoo. He joined females Chewy 21 and Mara 22, who were present the day of the killing. At the same time, the zoo created a new indoor habitat where the gorillas could safely view the public year-round from behind safety glass. Yes, it is all... Oh, it's such a... It's, I, I do find this heartbreaking. So I totally relate to the people who were emotional about it at the time. And when you're emotional, you do... You, maybe you take swings at people. But logically, you'd say, the mum did not want her kid to fall into that enclosure and the zookeepers did not want to kill Harambe. Because of the internet now, it becomes more than just like a, lo- a localized tragedy. It becomes something, an outlet for, a, 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 I think, a lot of things in people's life. I think there's, you, you, you feel there's outrage culture because I think a lot of people have a lot of stuff trapped, you know, going on and the, these become ways that they can express their, their own disappointments. Yeah. And it, it can reach lots of people very quickly. And then obviously that just can become mocked and memified. Right. And then you have on one hand, like, the real sort of tragedy of a gorilla being shot because of an accident. Yeah. And on the other hand, it's one of the, I guess, probably in the last couple of years, the biggest primate in popular culture. Yeah. It's Harambe. It was the meme of 2016. Yeah. Anyway, the final uh, segment on the show, Angus, as you'd know as a regular listen to the program, did you say off air this is your favorite podcast? I... Say it off and on air. Yeah. I say it on other podcasts. Really? Yeah. I say this has been fun, (laughs) but not as fun as just listening to any episode of Primates with Matt Stewart. That's what I say. And I I appreciate that. Um, That's all I say on other podcasts. I often... People try and engage me on other things. (laughs) It is. You know, you have ruined a lot of good podcasts. Yeah. And I appreciate that. That's fine. Um, So the final segment on the show... It's taking you quite a while to get me on this podcast, even though I say that constantly. I mean, in that, and and it's normally because I say, "Hey, you're free to be on the podcast." And you're like, "No, I'm too busy listening to the last week's episode again." Um, I listen to every episode twenty five times. I uh, that's all I listen. That's all I do. Yeah. I've lost my job because I was listening to your podcast. You're really in a, a lot of financial trouble, aren't you? This podcast has ruined my life. <laughs> the final segment is the Patreon shout out so if you like the show you can uh, support the show and also do go on and book cheap the three podcasts in the do go on podcast network by going to patreon.com slash do go on pod uh this week's do go on if you're interested is about the possible axe murderer lizzie borden uh it's a really great fun episode um about a classic uh page in american history uh about a, a, a woman lizzie borden in america who may or may not have killed her dad and stepmother with an axe. Oh, man, that doesn't sound fun at all. But it is interesting. Uh, And people have previously supported us on Patreon um, include Jessica Gibbons. And I ask ask people on Patreon uh, before I shout out their name to tell me what their favorite primate is. And I, I think you might see this one coming with Jessica Gibbons. She said, my favorite primate is the silvery gibbon. I feel like the reason is obvious. Every time we visit a zoo, we take a family photo with the exhibit. <laughs> Gibbons. Obviously, that's a gibbon. That wasn't. Um, that one was clear. Yep. 
concise, yep. funny. I'm laughing. It had it all. Thank you so much, Jessica, your legend. Uh, T Fazikas says his favorite primate is uh, sea monkeys, which obviously are not a primate at all. But he goes on to say, not the male order civilization, but when you take apes to the ocean on holiday. Oh, he got you, Matt. He got me. I was tricked. Always read to the end of the sentence. Thank you so much, T Fazakas. Uh, Nathaniel Gingrich says his favorite primate is the lemur because of the show Zubumufu. Which people mention a lot. I've got to watch it and what probably do an that? episode about it. I don't know. Zobu Mufu. I'm going to look that up. Thank you so much, Nathaniel. And finally, Rick Zhao, or Zoo. He says the rally monkey, which we talked about on an early episode, maybe the first, one of the very first episodes, I think. Uh, As a lifelong Angels fan, the rally monkey has captured my heart from childhood. Every time the Angels are losing, or life is getting me down in general, that monkey cheers me up. That's a mascot for a baseball team, uh, played by a capuchin monkey. And then the monkey, you know, obviously the, the baseball team, they were like, what is this mascot? And yeah. And they had to, and so on and so forth. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they came up with the mascot first and they had to invent the sport of baseball. Yeah. Well, like, you, this you is our baseball mascot, the rally monkey. People are like, what is What's baseball? baseball? Oh, all right. We're going to have to invent this sport now. What's the sport? Oh, God. We're in a lot of trouble. Anyway, Angus, thanks so much for joining us here in the monkey house. Where can people find you if they want to? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Angus Gordon, and we will be releasing um, not quite as good of a podcast, but I'll be coming up with a podcast soon uh, called uh, George Orwell's Content Farm, where each week I'll be coming up with new viral internet content with other comedians and trying to become famous. Yeah, Harambe famous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people can find me at Matt Stewart Comedy on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter at Matt Stewart, no, Matt Stew underscore art. And you can find the podcast at Primates Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and PrimatesPod at gmail.com. If you want to email us, please give us a five star review uh, if you get a chance on iTunes or wherever you do it. And let me know what you really think, but do it with a five star review because they're the only ones I really read. So give me five stars and then call me a soy boy, all right? Or whatever you want to call me. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us, Angus. As we always do on the podcast, as you know, we finish the show with a a classic primate-related sign-off that is riffed by the guests in the moment. Um, So thank you so much for joining us, Angus. And as we always say, keep on monkeying around. podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates i mean if you want it's up to you (laughs) ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs>